Welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. In today's episode, I want to talk about what grief feels like. So, very recently, I read the news that the lead singer, Chester Bennington, from Lincoln Park, had committed suicide. And this came on the same day as the news of a family member also committing suicide. Now, the reason I bring up Lincoln Park is growing up, they were a massive they were a massive influence on my early childhood. I was for those that know my story know that I was in a fairly traumatic and troubled place and their music was saying what I was feeling and it was a way to express myself without even really recognizing it at the time. I, I didn't understand sort of the, the typical pop music of the day, but music of Linkin Park and bands similar to really helped me to get to, 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 to sort of get a community and to understand how I was feeling about the world. So the news of both of those suicides on the same day was quite, took a massive impact upon me. So at the end of this podcast, I'm going to put about a three minute recording of something that I recorded from on on the day or I think maybe the day after and this this podcast sort of goes along with the what depression feels like and the what anxiety feels like podcasts and I wanted to share what I was feeling at the time the hopes in doing that is that it'll it'll show people what you'll be able to hear the difference in my voice and you'll be able to hear what I was thinking based on the way I'm expressing it. Because what I've, what I've realized about grief and about loss is that it comes in waves. So right now, as of recording this now, I'm, I'm not in the best place, but I'm able to process my thoughts and express them. Whereas, as you'll hear later on, when it originally happened, I wasn't able to do so. So if you, if you stick with it to the end, you'll be able to hear that. But before I play that, I wanted to just address a few things in relation to suicide and loss in general. So the first thing I wanted to address, which I've started to cover, was the waves. You know, me personally and family members and you know, people in general will describe that your grief will come in waves. You'll be feeling it. You'll feel horrible and depressed and down and you might feel suicidal yourself. You'll be not understanding and it'll come. And then within a few minutes or an hour or a day, you know, the cycle won't be different, but you'll be fine and everything will be fine. And you'll be like, well, I should just get back to work and do what I can do and, you know, get after it if, if that's what you're doing, you know. And for me, I've, I've sort of fallen into that trap a couple of times. I'm like, okay, I'm fine now. Let's get on with it. And taking steps to do what I'll usually be doing in my life, which is, is you know, there's a lot that I try and get done. But when I'm in this up part of the wave, I'm like, yeah, I'll get back to it and I'll get doing it. And then obviously the wave comes back down again. And now I feel even worse because I've tried to artificially push myself through the grief process and it just doesn't work. 
So, you know, obviously it all depends on your connection to people and you yourself and a whole range of other factors, but grief will come in waves. So if it's you, take a bit extra time than you think you should to recover. And if you're helping someone else out, be aware that they'll go up and down so they'll see they'll seem good and then they'll get depressed again or they'll go down again and then they'll seem really bad again and then they might go back up again and they might go back down again. So just be aware of that process. It's, it's, it's going to happen. The second thing is I think it's really important to talk about it. Thankfully, my wife is an angel and she's more than willing to talk and express and she knows me so well that she knows that if she doesn't push me to talk, I'll just bottle it up. And that's a coping mechanism that I've developed over years of dealing with trauma and shit from my father and the people around him. But my, my initial reaction on anything is to, yeah, just, just curl up into myself and just not feel it. And the problem with that is, is that, well, long-term it doesn't work because you end up not feeling anything and the ability to feel things is obviously quite important. And if you don't feel the bad, it's really hard to feel the good. So over the long term, it's not that great. It's, it's useful in the short term if something's too stressful or too confronting to deal with in the sense that if, if you see or experience a trauma and you block that off, that can actually be quite a useful defense mechanism. But if taken too far, it's just crippling for your emotional, your emotional well-being. So, you know, I've, I've discussed it before, but I talk about it being akin to a dam built backing up with water pushing on it. They always have a bit of water being able to be let through to, you know, release the pressure on the dam. So you know, by all means, don't just delve straight into yourself and, you know, hurt yourself, but talk a little bit and express it. And if it's, if, if your loss has impacted multiple people, get yourselves together and talk about it. Talk about the person, the good times, talk about the bad, talk about what happened leading up and your memories of them from years ago and just express it. And that'll help you to feel something and feel connected. And, you know, as a group, you'll all go up and down together. You'll all feel, you know, laugh and reminisce about the good times and you'll all feel sad. But that's a good thing. It's a coping thing. I think a lot of the time in in society, we we don't talk to people. And then we wonder why everyone's seeing a psychologist. Because, you know, a psychologist, they're just, you know, obviously they're trained to do things and see them if you need to. But their job is to listen to you talking. And the act of talking itself is a lot of the therapy. You know, if you speak to a psychologist, they'll, they'll oftentimes just let you talk, let you talk, let you talk, and just keep, keep, you know, just keep the conversation going and just sort of direct you in a way that they think you should talk about more. And then depending on, on their, their viewpoint, they might offer some suggestions, but a lot of it is just letting the person talk and express themselves. But if you can do that with the family, you're all doing that together. You're all helping each other. You all know each other's stories and you're getting that healing yourself. So if you're going through a grief period, express yourself. Now, like I said, it, I got the news about Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park and my family member committing suicide, both of them, on the same day. And 
it was this double whammy that really got me. Um, but I've been looking online and I've seen people expressing thoughts and feelings on, you know, all of their music and the articles about it and expressing their loss and how they're upset and depressed. And of course the internet's the internet and people are like, well, you don't know them, get over it. And, you know, just like Robin Williams and, you know, any other famous people, just because you don't know them personally doesn't mean you're not going to be impacted by it. I read a while ago saying that a lot of the time suicide is not talked about or covered up because there can be a risk of follow-up suicides in the sense that you see your idol or someone that you've looked up to or a family member doing it and you're more inclined to do it yourself because they're sort of leading the way. So when any, whenever any famous person does commit suicide and that news does come out, it's it can cause a lot of distress and trauma in people. And considering the the fan base of a group like Linkin Park, the demographics are going to involve, I would imagine, a proportion of the population that have issues with mental health and childhood trauma and, you know, anger and that whole thing. If you just listen to their music, it's clear to see why. And the people that I know that like them have, you know, got similar issues and things in their past that they're trying to deal with. You know, we connect to the expression that's expressing what we want to get out. So it is legitimate to feel saddened when someone famous dies and to be left not understanding why it's happening if someone famous commits suicide. And, you know, people people will be quick to blame themselves, both, you know, within the family, for a family one, but also I saw an article about that was trying to put the blame back on the fans saying, well, you didn't like their modern, their most recent album that was released and all this sort of stuff. And I, I don't know, I think it's a bit disingenuous trying to shift, to make some money on a blog post to shift the blame to the fans who didn't like their most recent album or was saying to, to the band that, you know, we want your old music back. And, you know, I didn't express it to them through social media or anything, but I much, much preferred their older stuff. But if you look at their sales records, they're selling just as well as they used to in the past. You know, they've their sales have gone up compared to when most of the people that would have made these comments that this blog post is criticizing them for. It's it's this this culture of trying to assign blame or why why did this happen or they didn't do this or who knows. Now, yeah, I'm sure the the criticism from the public would have not really helped their mental state, but if it's a famous person, they're used to criticism. And to assign that as the blame seems kind of ridiculous. There would be a history. You know, there's there's many, if not every famous person will be criticised in some capacity for what they're doing. There'll be other things happening in their lives that will cause it. It could be, well, it could be a history of mental illness and suicide suicidal thoughts it could be and I don't know the different situations obviously I'm not making any assumptions but these are the causes that you know increase the likelihood of anyone committing suicide it could be someone close to them committing suicide it could be the continued use of drugs it could be um, you know a significant event happening in their life that they can't deal with um, there's a bunch of different reasons for it but 
it's important to understand that ultimately it's not your fault. If someone commits suicide in your family or a famous person does it or anything like that, it's not your fault. Ultimately it was their choice. And the reasons why would be known to them. But a lot of the time they feel that the world would be a better place without them or that the inner world and the suffering that they're feeling is too much to bear. And, you know, if you feel like the world would be a better place without you and you're suffering from a lot of pain, that you feel like death would end that suffering and would actually be a benefit to other people, it makes sense why you would go through with committing suicide. And I'm not sure about the history of, of, of different people, but if you've already attempted to commit suicide, then you've sort of imagined yourself free of the pain and the suffering. You've imagined the world free of you. And I don't remember the exact quote right now, but it's something like a, a mind expanded can't retract. And if you've already started thinking down that process of, you know, the bad feelings that you're feeling ending and the people that are that you believe to be negatively impacted by your presence are no longer impacted by it. If you've, if you've thought those thoughts and you've attempted suicide, so you've already just accepted that that's a reality and you fail and you're now still alive, your mind can't just snap back to natural reality easily. You know, and that's why there's a lot of stories of people who have attempted suicide actually completing it. Often they don't successfully complete suicide until, you know, the first time they'll attempt it a few times and then it happens. And just to clarify, the word successful completion isn't implying that it's a good thing. It means that they've, they've completed it. It's just the technical terminology. So I suppose before I play what I recorded earlier um, a few days ago, I wanted to just suggest a few things. If you're listening to this and you're concerned about someone else, take action. Um, if they're in the process of committing suicide or you catch them in the act, call the ambulance, call the police, call the cat team, get an expert there and get them to a psychiatric ward to be monitored. They may need medication, but they may need to be locked up for the night or for a week or just, you know, extracted from their life because it's an emergency. You know, they'll say that they don't want to go. They'll say that they're okay. They'll say that you caught me and that's fine. It might be worth not listening to them in that instance. If you've caught them in the act and they've gone through with it, they're trying to go through with it, act and act decisively. If you're more concerned that it's a, you know, not that it's going to happen right now, but that it's on their mind or they're depressed or they're, you know, they're talking about it. Take action in the sense of talking to them, get them a professional psychologist help and, and, and make them, make them promise to, to talk to you or to try and connect with you if they start feeling depressed or in a bad way. And, and when they're feeling better, still, still keep pushing them to go get that help because if something goes wrong in their life or, you know, something like this happens, it might be enough to tip them over the edge without telling you. So 
make sure that if you're worried about someone, you keep, you know, keep, keep their mental state in mind and keep sort of suggesting that they go and see some help. And if they need help them organize that. And, and I suppose the last thing is, is if, if you've heard this and you feel a bit rattled yourself, talk to people, connect, realize yourself, do things that'll make yourself feel better. And if you're, if you are getting more concerned than that, take yourself to a psychologist, speak to someone that is trained in grief counseling or depression or that sort of thing. And, and the first step would be to just go to a general doctor and let them know what's up and say, I want a referral to an expert and they will. So with all this in mind, it's, it's suicide and depression is unfortunately a fact of life and it's a lot more common than is generally discussed and talked about. So I want you to just be aware that there is a general risk in the population. So be safe, take action if you need to. And yeah, the last thing I'll play is what I recorded uh, just after I found out the news. And like I said, I wanted to play it for you as a way to express what it feels like in the moment. And from the outside perspective, my brain is very clouded and you'll hear I was struggling to speak. I just wanted to share it as a way to sort of open up what it's like to experience different mental states. So I, I wanted to record how I'm feeling in the moment as a way to try and process what I'm feeling and that sort of stuff. I haven't haven't felt so I don't know. It's hard for me to to really process my thoughts. Um I've just been laying outside in the sun reading a book. Um I'm very thankful that it's a good day today. Sun shines out. It's actually quite nice. I've also a couple of days ago injured my shoulder, so fairly significantly I can't really lift it or move my arm, so I can't really exercise or move my body that much without quite a lot of pain. So I'm sort of left unsure of what the best move is to to recover, not to help feel better, other than just, I suppose, feeling what I'm feeling, which I find quite tough because, you know, I've spent a lot of time trying to block off my feelings, so then when something comes along that's fairly intense, it's very easy to just try and block it off, but also, it's important to feel, I suppose. And I suppose it's a balance of feeling the difference between feeling something and feeling too much. But I guess if you don't feel something, it'll explode and that'd be bad. When people commit suicide, it's it's a hard thing to process. 
because you know they just they've just gone and they've chosen made their choice to just quit and leave and I couldn't imagine the torment that was going through their minds it's one thing to want to die but it's another thing to go through with it and I don't know the history or the ins and outs or the inner workings of these people but I feel it feels like intellectually once you once you start going down that process and once you've made an attempt you you've started to feel like you're free from whatever's causing you to feel so bad so then what can what can someone possibly say to you to convince you otherwise to not try again to not go through with it again I know that when I'm in a good place mentally the answer to that question is obvious but when I'm not feeling so good when something bad happens it's it's not such an easy answer to just discount it I don't know I, there's no real point to what I'm saying other than just sad things happen but if you need to reach out for support or anything like that please do because because people will care you just gotta let them know that you're there, that you need them, and they'll they'll be there for you. So thanks for listening, guys. And I just want to reiterate that if you're struggling yourself, or you're contemplating suicide, or you know someone that's con- um might be contemplating suicide, please take some action. And that could be getting some help. It could be talking. It could be googling suicide prevention or suicide support. And the key is I'd prefer to to take action and then, you know, you know, if I'm concerned about someone, I'll take the steps that I think are necessary at the time because, you know, they may not need the support, but they may. And if you don't take any action, you're on the risk that they might go through with it. And in my mind, it's better to risk offering the support or, or taking the action, even if they say that they're fine, because then you know that they're safe. And if they're doing something that warrants your concern, there's a reason that you're concerned. So take some action. And finally, guys, if you like what I'm doing here, please subscribe to the podcast and recommend it to anyone that you think would appreciate it. And if you head over to my website at zachary-phillips.com, from there you'll be able to see my blog and also check out my book as well. Um, I've called it Under the Influence, Reclaiming My Childhood. And in it, I basically share the story of what it was like to grow up or in the household of someone that was basically an addict and a drug dealer and I share some of the more poignant moments of my past and you know it's a bit of an intense read but it's it's helping people in the sense that people that have gone through similar circumstances with a drug or alcohol affected parent or a neglectful parent are coming back to me with the feedback basically saying you know some of the stuff that you've written Zach has been quite on point to what I've been feeling and I haven't been able to express it. I haven't found other people with a similar story. So if you think that's you, head over to the website, check it out and take a read. And finally, I just want to remind everyone about my Share Your Story project. In this project, I'm basically 
providing a platform for, for people to share their story. And it can be about anything. Um, basically, I'm after people to talk about an aspect of their lives that other people that aren't living it wouldn't really understand or know about or even consider. And it could be about mental health, but it could also be about a hobby or work or a relationship status or something like that, something that you've lived through or are living through that you would like to share and express. And I've got I've got a bunch waiting to upload and there's already a bunch up. So head over there, check it out, read the stories. And if you've got something that you think you'd like to express and you think people would benefit from, please make contact with me either through my website or on my social media at Zach P. Phillips on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And we'll talk about if we can get your story up online and see if it can help some people. So yeah, check it out. Finally, I want to remind everyone that my next podcast will be a Ask Me Anything podcast. So once again, make contact with me, ask me any question you like, and I'll feature it in the next podcast. Thanks.